Hi, I'm Marilyn Dennis, and this is Marilyn Dennis Does a Podcast. This episode will be chatting with performer and producer and one of my longtime friends, Jim Caruso. Today, he's going to reveal how he made his big Broadway debut with Hollywood and stage legend Liza Minnelli, how he managed to keep his long-running variety show, Broadway at Birdland, during the lockdown. He's been amazing with that, and how his Broadway friends are coping during these challenging times. This is going to be a lot of fun. The show must go on, even during the pandemic. Please welcome my childhood friend, the legendary Jim Caruso. (laughs) Stop saying legendary. We're not that old. We're the same age. We're the same age, honey. I, we I really are. Legends, like or or veterans in our field. I don't know. How are you? You're a legend. Clearly, you are the legend here. I don't know about that. How are you doing, bud? <laughs> are you good? I'm so good. I mean, you know, I'm in New York City, which is uh, clearly the epicenter of all of this. But I wouldn't be anywhere else. I love it here. This has been my home for. 700 years. Uh, so I feel very secure here. Um, and, and New York, I mean, let's face it, New York is the comeback kid. Uh, it's what we do here. So I'm, I'm very happy to be in my little apartment, you know, overlooking everything and except nothing right now. There's nobody out. Isn't it weird? They did a big drone kind of view of New York and even flew over LaGuardia, no planes. It's it's, it's a very no, interesting time for sure. It's, it's, it's haunting. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. Although what they show on the news, um, you know, they show Times Square, which we're so used to seeing packed with people. Um, what you don't see is, you know, I went to Central Park yesterday for about a half an hour just to get some air. And there are people skating and biking and, and running and walking their dogs and stuff. So, you know, it's not as as horrific as it looks on the news. Uh, there is still life mm-hmm. in New York. And um, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm happy to be here. I really am. So tell me about your fellow Broadway peers and uh, how are they holding up? Because I know you check on them frequently. Yeah, well, that's um, that's an incredible community. Mm. I mean, talk about community. Um, the endless amounts of energy and and um, just the the artistic geniuses that are amongst us. Uh, it, it's a very close knit world. I'll say that. And um, you know, actually, I would consider Rosie O'Donnell one of the first responders because um, our mutual friend Eric Bergen. Uh, from mm-hmm. Pittsburgh, whose family's That's from Pittsburgh, right. um, called Rosie that first week uh, that we were all on lockdown and suggested she bring back the Rosie O'Donnell show for one night as a fundraiser for the mm-hmm. Actors Fund, which is an organization that's been around for over 100 years that raises money for anybody in the the showbiz community. And I mean, actors, singers, ushers, the guy who pulls the curtain, um, uh, in the in the whole country, so uh, mm-hmm. they raised over six hundred thousand dollars in one night uh, with just a star-studded show. So I definitely consider them first responders too. So the community is is fantastic. Now Eric has been on my show twice with his uh, album, and also before that with Jersey Voice, and he was also in Madam Secretary, and That's he's right. quite the singer and. And I think that was so good that he did that. And I know that you produced that show with Rosie. Did you not? Getting that well, on the I air? Was, 
it, it's not as glamorous as it's as it sound. But um, Eric called me and said, I'm doing this. And I said, if you need any help, let me know. <laughs> um, so yeah. all of a sudden I had <laughs> never asked for, um, I ended up writing introductions and uh, oh, booking gosh. some talent and stuff. I mean, please, it's, uh, what am I doing? Yeah. We're all just sitting in our apartments. It was my great joy to be just a tiny part of it. And I was very proud, very proud to help out. You know, I talked to Andrea Martin a couple of weeks ago, who you know, oh, um, and yes. she's the Pippin and Tony Award winner. And she said to me on, on this very podcast, anything that's helping anybody in that fund, whether it be the Canadian version of it or the American, she's not, she's not turning down anything. Because right now, Broadway, as we know, is dark. So tell me, how long has it been dark since at this broadcast? Um, tell me how long it's been dark and what are they saying about maybe turning the lights back on. What have you hear, heard? Um, the lights went out on March 12th. Uh, mm. And who knows for how long? You know, we hear all these rumors, but nobody really knows. And even when it reopens, I'm not sure what that's going to look like. Um, because I, I don't think people are going to want to rush to sit in a crowded theater with people like, you know, all, coughing on their neck and stuff. Um, or a nightclub for that matter, because I work at Birdland, uh, every mm -hmm. night basically, and we want it to be packed with 150 people every night. So I think what's going to probably happen with the theaters and the nightclubs is seats are going to have to be taken out, uh, or just cordoned off so that there are less, so that there's some distance between the audience for them mm -hmm. to feel comfortable. Um, but that also means that less money is changing hands. So these hugely expensive yeah. Broadway shows with a big mm -hmm. cast and a you know, cast of thousands, and, and uh, they have bills to pay. So to reopen, is, is uh, the whole thing might have to be rethought. Um, and, and that might have to be for, for a long time. Uh, it might be the yeah, end of $600 theater tickets, you know? So I well, don't know. I'm yeah, optimistic. I but it's but it's uh -huh. nervous making i'm sure for those producers well i think you're familiar with our mervish family here in toronto and they are the theater people and they right. have been so great about keeping us posted on what's happening they're hoping that they're going to open up in january jim uh, but right now you know hamilton finally came to toronto it was supposed to have 144 performances it only got through 36 um, and so, you know, not only the people that are working on the show, but also, of course, the people that work on the shows and people who want to watch the shows. It's a very difficult time. Now, before the outbreak, where were you? What were you doing? You're doing the Carlisle, right? Yes. My favorite. You saw me there. That was so fun. I did. Um, I didn't mean to sit right in front of you, though. <laughs> that was nervous making. I'll say it. I'm sorry. Um, but everything else was taken back. I couldn't sit back, so I was like, right now. Well, there are, anyway, <laughs> there are only two rows. There are only two rows. Okay. Can I just say this? This is at the Carlisle. It's a it's it's a, an institution. It is, a, it is the most kind of throwback lounge I've ever been in. The the drinks are made beautifully. The 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 wait staff is wonderful. There's Billy Stritch on the piano and you and uh, singing with Billy. And going back with some of these great standards, so I'm gonna Aww. I'm gonna draw that picture. And there's, I mean, how long have you been doing that? 
We've been there eight years. Uh, and we, we were there the night before everything came crashing down. I was there with gloves wow. and uh, Cloroxing the microphone and stuff. I look like an ax murderer with black leather gloves and my microphone. Um, but before, <laughs> before everything shut down, we were, we were at the Carlisle at Bemelman's bar at the Carlisle every Sunday night. Uh, I do this crazy thing called cast party every Monday for 18 years. Uh, yeah. uh, which is an open mic night slash variety show for the Broadway and jazz community. So fun. But we also do that all over the country. So we travel a lot. And um, I also book Birdland. So I was busy and, you know, yeah. in a good way. I mean, I love that. Uh, so yeah. this, this, when this all came crashing down, the first two weeks was, was really, it felt so tragic uh, and I think for everybody in the world, you just couldn't believe that somebody put on the brakes so quickly, uh, so quickly on your life. Yeah. yeah. So, well, you, so do. you do. I mean, you're in the yeah, middle of oh, taping, yeah. right? Right. We're in the middle of taping. I still did the, the radio show has moved to the basement of my house. It went from studio to basement. And a couple weeks later came the TV show live from my living room. I mean, everyone has to be online in some way, shape or form. So, the Carlisle Bemelmans, that, that happens on a Sunday night. Let's talk about Cast Party. Tell everybody what Cast Party's all about, because it's so much fun. It's so crazy. This happened as such a fluke. I Believe me, I never meant to be an open mic night host. That, is that a thing? Mm. I, I didn't major in that. Um, I threw a party one night, and everybody came. And we sat around the piano and sang until the wee hours. Uh, the next night, the manager of this little club where we did it uh, asked me if I'd do it every Monday because, of course, that's Broadway's dark night. And I right. said, okay, why? But okay. So we did it. We gave it a name, Jim Caruso's cast party. We It started being a thing. And people would come in and would all entertain each other till two in the morning. That became something that absolutely changed my life in a weird way. Um, it's funny. I, you know, I always wanted to be a singer, even when we were mm -hmm. in homeroom together. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but the second I kind of tilted the spotlight a little bit onto other people, um, my career changed completely. So cast party is this wonderful open mic night. We never know who's coming in. It could be, uh, Liza Minnelli, Michael Feinstein, Natalie Cole used to come in. Um, or the lady that wrote a song about her feet and feels the urge to sing it. Um, hula hoop artists, not even kidding. Um, comics, dancer, tap everything. dancers, everything. Yeah, everything. So you've gone online with this too now, right? This is what's so great. Yes. So you've taken it. And this is what happens every Monday night, right? Every Monday now. Now, this will be our fifth week coming up this coming Monday, it's called Pajama Cast Party. And we um, urge people to wear their, their finest pajamas. Um, and I'm, I'm getting the greatest stars to do it. I just booked uh, Jeff Daniels, um, who sings great and plays guitar. Just, uh, I didn't know yeah. that. Oh, okay. oh no, he's, okay. he's fantastic. Um, Betty Buckley, uh, Kristen Chenoweth, uh, Christine Ebersole, great Broadway stars, great jazzers. Same thing. And um, mm -hmm. they come on, uh, on the Pajama Cast Party. My incredible friend, Ruby Lochner, 
is a 20 year old producer and she puts the whole thing together. It looks, it kind of looks like a real show. It's crazy what they can do now. Thanks. Yeah. It looks great. Yeah. Now, one of the things that happened on cast party uh, involved your friend Liza Minnelli and she (laughs) made it a big announcement on your cast party years ago. Uh, You want to tell everybody about that? We're going to talk about your relationship with Liza in just a minute, but what what happened? Well, I mean, the whole thing happened originally because of her. Uh, she used to have these parties every Saturday night uh, that I would be invited to, and it would be Madonna and Streisand and MGM stars and uh, Roddy McDowell and Quentin Tarantino, and everybody would end up around the piano. So it was so much fun. So at a point, that's how Cast Party kind of came to be. It was like the public version of that. So she was a big proponent and helper in helping me get this off the ground told everybody you know in case anybody ever wanted to interview her about cast party she was there so one night remember when she got married for that minute yeah she married david yeah, Geffen? She, no Not no david what was this guy if, only, if only if only <laughs> yeah who did yeah, she this is a guy named david guest that was it. Um, Sorry, David Gass, yeah, right. Yeah. Delightful. Big difference. Um, big difference. Big difference. Enormous. Um, she, that wasn't a, necessarily a good situation. So the day the papers came through that that situation was over, she came to cast party and announced it on, on our stage. That. That's like such a memory of her standing there saying, Liza's back. No, Liza's really back this time. Um, but a lot of crazy things have happened at, at Cast Party. Uh, I mean, Tony Bennett, just the stars alone just kill me. And then the little kids that come in and perform. And um, when, you, when you talk the, about the, the combination talk, is great. Yeah. When you talk about um, the MGM girls back in the day, who are you yes. talking about, the MGM girls? Mm. You know, I love I love that era so much. Who yeah, I'm trying to about? think of who was. Uh, Esther Williams would come to the parties. Oh, my God. The wow. Uh, Ann Miller. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, the tap dancer. George dance. Hamilton. The tap dancer. Yeah. Uh, George Hamilton, yeah. the yeah. eternally tan, handsome guy. Um, so the interesting thing was you'd look over in the corner and you'd see Ann Miller, who's in her 80s at that point, talking to Janet Jackson at the height of her, you know, superstardom. It was crazy. Wow. You How did you, like, I would have loved it. Cause I would have just, I would, I just wanted to be in the corner looking at all this. Well, that's was exactly it, what I did. Did you, because I was going to say you're, you're, you know, you're, you have the gift of the gab, Jim Crew. So you, you, you always have, you're very great with people. And did you, did you find yourself sometimes out of body experience when you saw these people going, I've always seen these people on the screen. I can't believe I'm in the same room. Did you have that feeling? Constantly. Do you know I yeah. still have that feeling when somebody comes to a cast party that I that I've never met or I mean just and I think it's the people we grew up with watching you and I mm-hmm. like watching the Carol Burnett show, watching mm-hmm. um uh any of those great variety shows which is what I was obsessed with. Um mm-hmm. when I met Carol Burnett, it was very hard to not just fall apart. I had to really work to keep it together because she's everything to me. And isn't she our family? Isn't she, Mm -hmm. isn't she part of our, our, uh, Mm -hmm. 
I mean, she, I do feel like she's part of my family. Mm-hmm. Because we saw her, what, every weekend. We saw, I can't remember what night she was on, Saturday or Sunday. I'm not really Saturday, sure. Saturday, yeah. You probably know. Yeah. Saturday night. Um, Saturday. Okay, so um, you worked with um, so many people. These stories what we want to share. But before we start with that, I want to say that Liza, Liza came into your life. How? So you talk about oh. how much she's in your life, but how did that happen? And how did you end up on Broadway with Liza Minnelli? Well, that was a long, that was many years. Um, I met Liza because she walked into a restaurant where my best friend was playing piano. My best friend has been, has been is Billy Stritch, brilliant musical director, uh, uh, pianist, jazz singer, jazz player, genius. You know the type. Uh, yep. And she walked in and absolutely fell in love with him. He was doing a show the next night at a little club in Greenwich Village called 88s, and he invited her. And then he called me afterwards. He said, I just invited Liza. She said she's coming. She's not, Billy, she's not coming. It's Liza Minnelli. Well, there she was the next night. And he had stationed me in a chair right next to where he thought she was going to sit. So we started talking. And frankly, we've never stopped talking from that point on. She became... um, we became like the three amigos, kind of. The three of us went everywhere together. I ended up opening for her with my vocal trio. I worked as an assistant with her. I lived with her in Los Angeles. I, I, she absolutely changed my life for the better. Um, not for all of the kind of fancy star-studded reasons, but because nobody other than my mother was ever that supportive of what I did in my life. So to say she's family is, is the real deal. Have you spoken to her recently? Is she okay? Cause we don't see her very often. Not even lying. Called her last night. She's in Los Angeles. She's watching Turner classics 24 hours a day. There's nothing else to do. She can't, nobody leaves the house. Um, she's, you know, she's relaxing. She's worked her face off for decades the woman deserves to sit down (laughs) for a few for a few months and i have no doubt there will be a you know eliza's back concert when all of this is over she has great energy she's she's just the best so you were on broadway with her i was um after all of these years with her uh i got to know her godmother a woman named Kay thompson who moved uh, in with Liza. Uh, yes, you know. Wow. Um, yes. Tell everybody who Kay Thompson is. Okay. Kay Thompson is kind of one of the unsung heroes of show business. Uh, she was the vocal arranger at MGM in the 40s. She was a vocal coach to people like uh, Judy Garland, Frank Sinatra, Mel Torme, you know, little people. Um, right. She wrote a book called Eloise about the little girl who lives at the Plaza Hotel in New York. Uh, She was in the movie Funny Face with Fred Astaire. Um, I mean, she was somebody I was always slightly obsessed with. So there she is moving into Liza's apartment. She was now in a wheelchair, but funny and smart and wacky. And I mean, you have never met a character like this. So we became friends. She had a nightclub act in the 40s and 50s called Kay Thompson and the Williams Brothers with Andy Williams and his brothers. They changed everything. They changed nightclubs. They changed 
uh, how that whole system worked by the style mm -hmm. of what she was doing. She brought jazz to the scene. She brought choreography to the scene. Nobody was dancing in nightclubs. They would sing and do this at the end, and that was it. So mm -hmm. um, we became friends. Uh, and then at a point, we started singing her arrangements, me and Billy and Liza and some other best friends of ours. And Liza decided it was time to do an album of those arrangements, and we were all going to be a part of it. She brought in some people, and the consensus was it was more than an album. It was a, it was a show. So we wow. started working wow. with a choreographer, ouch, which I hadn't done in 700 years. And um, we started touring the world for three years doing this crazy, great, fun show. It ended up on Broadway 10 years ago. 11 years ago, it was called Liza's at the Palace, at the Palace mm -hmm, Theater. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's the show that won the Tony. My gosh, My congratulations. God. I'm so proud of you. I mean, well, there's no Tony here, you'll notice. It's at her house. I know, but I, I know. I, I, I'm sure it is, but that's, that's great. <laughs> Tell me about Thanksgiving at Whoopi Goldberg's house. Thanksgiving <laughs> at Whoopi Goldberg's house, Jim Caruso. Are you really making me just name drop embarrassingly? Yeah. You know, Queen Elizabeth told me never to name drop. Um, okay, so <laughs> that was a joke. Please insert the laughter. I know. There. I got. <laughs> um, I, Billy Stritch, my best friend, and I were both invited to Whoopi Goldberg's house for Thanksgiving. Um, and at one point, she took Billy and I into her music room, where there was this really beautiful grand piano. And Billy sat down and started noodling and playing. And, and she said, and oh, he, he said, this piano is, is fantastic. It's so beautiful. She said, well, thank God, because I knew you were coming and I bought it. And it was delivered an hour ago. So that was wow. a bizarre moment. She was so excited wow. that he was coming. Wow. <laughs> she had a piano delivered Thanksgiving Day. That is it's what, it's what you do. And you can, I just want to say, it's what you do when you are a host in the United States of America. Canada's a little different. Uh, really? Let's stick with Broadway. You can't and go do that? Yeah. I don't believe you. I no, don't believe you. No, I, I, I've got a little keyboard, but that's about all. Uh, your top three favorite Broadway shows, Jim Caruso. I'm just going to think positively, and maybe there will be, the Broadway is going to come back. We know. We don't know how it's going to come back. But in all your time, how long have you really been in New York? Really? Uh, I've been here since 1990. Okay. So that's, all right. what is that, 30, so, 30? 31 years, That's, 30 years. Math is not our thing. Don't worry about that. It's okay. <laughs> Clearly. Top three favorite Broadway show. Well, of course, Liza's at the Palace. That won the Tony. Hello. Um, you are a that fan would be my of, top. You are, that's your top. What's top. the next one? Uh, I was so obsessed in the 80s with a show called Dreamgirls. I yeah. still listen to it. It's still one of the greatest scores ever. It makes me very happy. It's very Motown. It's very... You know, it's 50s, it's 60s Motown. So, you know, well, you know Dreamgirls. Uh, yeah. That. Yeah. And uh, then a friend of mine, Adam Gettle, wrote a musical called uh, Light in the Piazza. That's just a mm -hmm. genius piece of, of work that won a Tony and was at Lincoln Center. I'm pointing to Lincoln Center. Um, 
was at Lincoln Center Theater for for quite a few years. Was a big hit. Uh, extraordinary score, beautifully sung by Kelly O'Hara and Victoria Clark. Great show. Those are my faves. Just a great show. Well, I think what I just want to say that while this Broadway is dark right now, I'm sure a lot of people are trying to figure out what they're going to do when they're going to open up. And I know there's a lot of new shows that are about to happen that have to be pushed back. And I'm just, um, yeah. that's going to be a great celebration when those lights go on again. And I think the last time they went out was 9-11. Am I right? Yeah. And even then it was just a few days. Uh, there's really very, never very, been anything very, very like this in the history of, of anywhere. You know, I, I, yeah, to me, true. it's that's just true. New York, but of course it's the whole world. So it's, it's hard to feel too sorry for yourself when you know that all of this is happening in everywhere. Yeah. And I'm, I'm in agreement with you with big budgets and changes on how they're going to do tickets and how many people are going to be up there. And that's why, you know, raising money for the Actors Fund is so important. Now let's yeah, go back in time yeah. because it is yes. my podcast and I have to oh. talk about how you and I met. So here's my memory, which you don't remember. Okay. Okay. You don't I'm remember this remember. at all, but that's okay. No, I'm about to. Though. So in great... You are. So grade seven, they put us that we, that's, you, you're in, in your elementary school and you get to put in grade seven. That's when all the elementary schools get together. And we're in homeroom with a science teacher who is duller than a doll. He's dull, but probably a very intelligent man. And every day I would come to, to homeroom and you would sit next to me and you would make me laugh all the time. You made fun of him. You would do side comments when he'd make announcements. So that's my memory of you. Okay. Then you it's moved funny, that's away. what I and still do in my, in my job. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you do. No, there is a talent. You have the gift of the gap. You moved away, and when you're a little kid and you move away, you think, he's gone forever. But you just moved to a private school. That's all. That's all you did. <laughs> you went to a private school. But, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm not in a loop. So then you're in theater production, and you meet my good friend, Nancy. Okay? And you do productions with her but you also yeah. take her to the prom okay <laughs> now i don't i don't know this okay so that's that that's the last i heard of you okay that was it that, <laughs> that was, was it. it now that was it i'm not memorable jim so i get why you don't remember this so then, i totally remember you so, do you <laughs> don't start I that rumor remember. of course oh, i remember you okay well i was a good audience you were marilyn dennis so then, so then, <laughs> Am I right? Very sad. So, so that was that's it. right. Yeah. So years later, I go to I go to Palm Beach. I go to the Colony Club, and they used <laughs> to have a little. They used to have a little um, cabaret. Yeah, beautiful. Like like Billy Davis Jr. and Marilyn McCoo, right? That kind of, yes. And I'm looking yeah. on the lineup, and at the bottom of the list, because it's not until April. I'm there in like February. It says Billy Stritch and Jim Caruso, and I went. That cannot be true. Yeah. Now I thought, yes, he's known for his Broadway stuff. I saw him in People magazine. So what I did was I left you a note at the front desk. That's right. And I left you, remember that? No. Yes, of course I remember no. that. Okay. <laughs> no, I, I totally said, remember it because I was, Do I you? couldn't believe, okay. first of all, yes, because when we checked in, they said, oh, and there's mail for you. Like, there's mail for me? Who? I just got here four minutes ago, but that, that letter had been sitting there since February, <laughs> had cobwebs and dust, like, like I do. This. Mrs. Habersham. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and so, 
I gave, I gave you my email. You got back to me. It was great. How are you doing? Whatever. And that was that. Now we got to switch gears here. Then, then there's nothing. There's no, there's no back and forth. Then my girlfriend, Nancy, who you went to the prom with and my girlfriend, the one, the three of us had been in a production of hello, Dolly, the high school. And I'm sitting there at the theater. And I look over at Nancy. I said, did you get a hold of Jim Caruso to let him know that we are in New York? And she said, no. I said, give me your phone. And I put a message in there. And I said, hi, Jim. This is Marilyn Dennis. I'm on Nancy's phone. We're in town. Would you like to meet? Starts the show. Intermission. We check the phone. You said meet us at Joe Ellen's after the show. After the show, we meet at Joe Ellen's. And you are funny because you said, ask for my name at the door. Great. And you had a friend of yours waiting because I think you're going, what am I about to see? What? Who's coming? Who are oh, these who's people this old man? that are coming? <laughs> anyway, we, that's, that's how we got reconnected again. And, that, and what I want to say to you is if you ever Absolutely. have somebody that you think about, that you really enjoy, that there's somebody in your life that you go, and this is especially now during the pandemic, there's nothing wrong with reaching out and saying hello to them. Do you not agree? I absolutely agree. I've always tried to keep my... Okay, this comes from being an only child. Uh, that okay. changed... Okay. That that made me who I am. Because ever since... And I begged for a brother or a sister to my mother until about 10 years ago. Um, I, <laughs> I created a, a community around me yeah. that feels yeah. very familial. Um, uh, and... And I've never been one to let people go unless they do something really hideous to me. Um, but mm -hmm. I, you know, I'm always looking on Facebook to see if I can find people that I used to know back in the day. So these kinds of relationships to me mean the world. It means the world. And so, yes, especially in times like this, pick up the phone, find people, look for them on Facebook. It's so easy now to find people you know it takes like two seconds yeah. you don't have to call the fbi right. or anything you just no. go on facebook yeah. and you'll see people that you've been thinking about for years yes and i'm so glad that we did because i've all oh, you've always been in my heart and i told nancy that we were going to talk today and she can't wait to hear this podcast when the reset button is pushed what's going to change yes. in jim caruso's life what's going to happen huh can you even imagine what that day is going to be like? Um, mm -mm. I mean, the celebration now at 7 p.m. in New York, do they do this there? Um, yes, people lean out their windows the and workers. bang pots and pans mm -hmm. and scream and mm -hmm. applaud for the first responders. It's going to be that times a, a billion. I can't imagine what this city particularly is going to feel like. Um, you know, I've been lucky that I've figured out a way to keep doing what I do online now granted it's mm -hmm. not with a live audience but mm -hmm. it's opened me up to i mean we've had like over twenty thousand people watch this show over four or five weeks that's crazy to me um so i'm gonna keep doing that uh because why not and now i have a ring light the world has ring lights do you have these people do you have ring yes. lights yeah. please <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, if I would have known I needed a television studio in my apartment, I would have planned very differently. Um, I, I think 
our friends will hold closer. I think mm -hmm. um, business-wise, the community is going to look different. The Broadway community will definitely look different. Uh, right. Those years of multi-million dollar Broadway shows might be over for a while because I don't think the producer's mm -hmm. going to have the money. And I don't think audiences mm -hmm. are going to have $600 to pay to go see no, the show. So right, right, things right, might right. be I scaled down. It might be all about yeah. the talent, which is not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing. And I'll tell you, I had to cancel two trips to New York to come and see you. One with my husband and one with good, our good friend Nancy um, yeah. to come and see you and Billy uh, at uh, Bemelman's and then, of course, at Cast Party. Where can people follow you, Jim? Because, again, this Cast Party, Pajama Cast Party, is so much fun. So tell people if they want to get a little bit of a you know, feeling of Broadway. And, by the way, I encourage when everything opens up, you ha if you haven't been to New York and once Broadway opens up again, or go to Birdland, or go visit you guys. It's really, it's it really is pure talent and so much fun. You really feel that you have been to New to New York when you've experienced all of those things. Where do they follow you, Jim Caruso? You know, they can find me on Facebook. It's Jim Caruso's Cast Party. Um, Instagram is at Jim Caruso One. Just look for me. I'll be there. I'll be there waiting for you. <laughs> and oh, and we do pajama cast party uh, yeah. on YouTube yeah. on my station, Jim Caruso, uh, and you'll find it. And you've got to. Well, we I have some great guests coming up. Melissa I Manchester. Know, I just... Love her. What? What? Yeah. You Melissa's do? Melissa's going to do it. Yeah. Dave Cause, brilliant sax player. Um, we have some killer people coming up. Okay, Melissa. I'm doing it tonight. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm going to watch. Melissa Manchester, Midnight Blue. I got to interview her many oh. years ago, and she is one hell of a, uh, a singer. And I didn't realize that she sang backup for Bette Midler. I had no idea. Oh, yeah. She was a harlot. Back in the day. Harlot. With Barry Manilow so at the piano. Right, Barry Manilow right. at the piano. So many stories to share. Jim Caruso, my dear friend, I can't wait to see you in person. I, I wish you all very well in New York City. And uh, say, uh, please send my best to Billy. And I, I hope will. to see you I soon. Will. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me to your lovely home. Oh, my gosh. My pleasure. Would you? I will send you a Maryland. I will. Next time I see you, I'll bring a Maryland mug. Oh, no. I, yeah. I, and I'll bring you this blank white mug. Okay. Well, you got your own mug. You have time to you shop online. Marilyn, you've done well. <laughs> Thank you, Jim. Thank you so much. I love you dearly. Thank you. I love you too. Marilyn Dennis does a podcast. New episodes every week. You can download or subscribe on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. 